And once I had that opportunity, it was almost like a weight lifted. Like at this point, all I have to do is work hard, which I was doing anyways and would do anyways. This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. So uh, my name's uh, Ari Luxemburg. Uh, my, uh, my job, I am a senior vice president of business affairs for Paramount Television, uh, which is uh, a lot of words uh, in a row. Uh, so, uh, what it means is we create, uh, television, uh, programs. Uh, we go ahead and we will make a deal with various, uh, networks and platforms, uh, for those shows. And, um, my responsibility is for the projects that I'm on. I negotiate all the deals. Uh, I'm a lawyer, uh, pretty much everyone who does this type of work, who works in business affairs, uh, in the entertainment business is a lawyer, but you don't technically have to be a lawyer to do it. You're not technically practicing law. Uh, but so for instance, uh, one of the shows I've worked on now for, and it might be like uh, almost six years now, going back to when it was in early development is uh, this show, uh, Jack Ryan on Amazon. So that's our show. We create the show. Uh, we license it to Amazon. Uh, and so for instance, I do all negotiate all the actor deals uh, negotiate the writer deals, director deals, uh, producers, you know, creative comes and they say, we want to hire this writer to be in, on our writing staff, or we want to hire this actor for this particular role. Uh, I strategize in terms of, you know, what we have budgeted, uh, what we think we can, you know, put together in terms of making a deal, what the other side, what the agent for the actor might ask for. Um, and then, put forth an offer and negotiate it out with the representatives for the talent. And then I'm also negotiating on behalf of our studio with the network. So in this case, Amazon, you know, if there's a change to our license agreement or when we're pitching them a project um, and beyond that, doing deals to acquire books, podcasts, graphic novels, uh, you know, acquiring the rights to certain pieces of intellectual property that, we want to try and turn into television shows. Mm-hmm. So I uh, work on Jack Ryan. I work on this show, uh, Haunting of Hill House. And then our second season was Haunting of Bly Manor uh, at Netflix. Uh, I'm working on a project right now that we have set up at Hulu called Devil in the White City, which is actually uh, one of my favorite books. So made a deal for our director on that. And uh, we're making more deals. Hopefully it will get picked up to series. Uh, working on... We're rebooting Fatal Attraction. We're doing it as a television uh, project. Uh, you know, so variety of uh, different deals uh, with a bunch of different you know networks, platforms, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It can be stressful, mm. um, and certainly it's intense when we're trying to get something done for something. You know, trying to make a deal with someone who's very high level. Uh, but, uh, I like all those things. So it's, um, it's what I always wanted to do. And, um, and yeah, that's like a brief synopsis of what it entails. Um, I love it, man. And I also love just right there. You said that it's what you always wanted to do. Um, I was telling the guys kind of before you jumped on one of the first times you and I, I feel like hung out for real, like as buddies, you had just passed, I don't know if you remember this, but you had just passed the California bar exam. 
And then I, I do remember passing the California yeah. <laughs> I remember us hanging. Deal. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm and and um, if I re, if I remember correctly, a couple days after that was the Warner Brother job. Was that right? That is, uh, yeah. I mean, my career trajectory it's a uh, it's a long, uh, long circuitous route to get to where I want to end up, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a long crazy story, right? Uh, but but yes, like uh, I had my, I passed the Georgia bar and I was a practicing attorney for a large law firm in Atlanta um, and uh, doing corporate uh, corporate work. But, you know, since I was a kid, I wanted to work in entertainment. Uh, growing up, I thought I wanted to be an agent. Uh, but while I was working at my firm as a corporate attorney, uh, and I'll, I'll do the, the very short version, uh, I realized that if I wanted to work in entertainment, uh, I pretty much had to try my hand at it sooner rather than later. Cause you reach a point where you end up, uh, you know, having a great deal of responsibility, hard to move across the country and, you know, to a city you've never lived in where you don't really know anyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I booked a one week vacation from Atlanta to LA and was able to get informational interviews at two of the biggest uh, talent agencies, um, CAA and then William Morris, just to go and talk to them about the chance at being an assistant. And CAA, I met there for one day. I didn't really go anywhere. William Morris, I met with someone in HR. They asked me to come back the next day, meet with someone else in HR. I ended up being there four days in a row, and I was in L.A. for a total of five days. And uh, I went back to Atlanta. And about a month later, they called me and they said, we'd like you to you know, take a job in the mailroom, which is how a lot of people gotten their start in the entertainment business. There's actually a fantastic book about the legendary William Morris mailroom called The Mailroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I decided, you know, I was going to do it, you know, leave a six-figure salary and mm-hmm. put my uh, law school loans on um, forbearance and deferment and go make 25 grand a year and uh, answer someone's phone and get them coffee and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then there was this the writer strike of 2007 with the WGA kind of messed up that opportunity. I moved out anyways. And it was just, a there's so many ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was the, but I moved out and finally got my opportunity to work with William Morris. Uh, I started on a desk as an assistant in business affairs, but in the music side of the business, which is not where I had set out to be. Um, and eventually was able to make my way over into the TV side, which is what I wanted to do, and got the opportunity eventually to work at Warner Brothers uh, doing what's called legal affairs. I was a legal executive there on the TV side. Uh, and uh, I worked on uh, this show, The Leftovers, on HBO. I worked on this show, The Middle, on ABC, uh, this show, Blind Spot. I worked on a bunch of digital projects we did, some really cool uh, comedies that we did for Adult Swim called Children's Hospital. And there was a spinoff to that called Newsreaders and just tons of different pilots, tons of different projects, part of Dixie on the CW. Yeah. Tons of different types of shows. Yeah. Great, great experience. Yeah. I, um, gosh, I'm even thinking about this now because um, Matthew and I talk a lot about this just with our career paths and the ups and downs and emotionally um, what that's like. But man, Ari, you're saying you were in Georgia, had a pretty good salary working for a firm there and then literally left that took this leap of faith to go to LA cause you knew what you wanted to do. You wanted to be in entertainment. And then when you got there, I mean, you got that 
kind of that in your foot in the door and then that didn't even work out as maybe as you had planned on it leading up to um you know then you're starting to get into the the actual career path you set out all along for just emotionally the up and down um do you mind to talk a little bit about that i mean what kind of kept you going all the way until you ended up where you are now right um with with basically what feels like kind of a, a dream career path for you yeah i would say that um you know me personally uh, i found early on you know I was much happier working as an assistant, even in the department that I didn't set out to be in, just being an assistant in the music group at William Morris and cranking out contracts all day long, um, you know, on behalf of my boss, because uh, we had clients playing all over the world every single day. I was happier doing that and like eating oatmeal, you know, pretty much for like dinner every night mm-hmm. and making no money uh, than I was when I worked at my law firm making a really good salary, uh, just because I was getting closer to what I ultimately wanted to do. And that, that made such a difference to me. You know, it's obviously um, not the same for everyone, but that really helped keep me going. There was a lot of, certainly a lot of ups and downs, and it was difficult to kind of get to where I ended up wanting to be. You know, I always try and make time for um, students that I went to, you know, who went to go to my undergrad in University of Florida or law students who go to Emory where I went to law school and, you know, try and give advice, you know, working hard obviously is a, is a prerequisite mm-hmm. and you want to try and meet as many people as you possibly can, uh, make good impressions and start to build out, uh, you know, a network of people that you know within whatever business you're kind of what interests you. But beyond those things, you know, you can in life never account for timing. And so you work really hard. You try and put yourself in the best possible position. And the longer you're able to stick it out, the more chance that the timing will fall into place. But there's never any guarantee of that. And I certainly was at a point where, you know, I had the Georgia bar, but I also wanted to get the California bar and I was studying for it. And I took it and I was waiting for my results. And at that time, I had been really grinding away as being an assistant. And, you know, I was living with uh, roommates and uh, trying to save money wherever I could. And it just came a point where, you know, I need to start paying down my loans from law school again. I need to start making a real salary again. And I was considering the possibility of moving back to Atlanta, you know, possibility of going back to work for a big firm there. Uh, just because I'd really given it uh, 100%, everything I possibly could, just the, the timing, the situation, the jobs I had tried to go out for when I'm trying to pivot, you know, and trying to move out from being an assistant and move my way up the ranks, you know, for whatever reason, uh, things had not fallen into place. And then almost, uh, you know, this kind of cosmic feeling of the puzzle pieces starting to fit together. I got this opportunity to interview at Warner Brothers, which is where I, the place I'd always wanted to work mm. and met with the general counsel, the head of the TV group. Um, and, you know, somebody I'd met along the way who worked at HBO was close with him. Someone I met, you know, just in my time being in LA, like I didn't know anyone when I got here and just trying to navigate my way through the business. Mm. But all of a sudden, all of these connections, all of these people that I had made good impressions on as I was trying to, 
you know, navigate everything. Uh, it all started to fit together. And um, I ended up uh, getting uh, offered that job. And when I did, uh, the general counsel um, told me that they had not had a candidate that had, you know, better references, more references, mm. nor better quality of what the references said. And here I was when I moved to LA, you know, I didn't know anyone in the business really. Mm. So it, um, it was a product of all those years of trying to make it happen, but there was never any gear guarantee that I would get that shot. So once I got that opportunity at Warner brothers, uh, obviously like that's, that's all I really needed. I got the chance. And once I had that opportunity, it was almost like a weight lifted. Like at this point, all I have to do is work hard, which mm-hmm. I was doing anyways and would do anyways. Sure. And so what, and so it's, I worked there for three and a half years and, uh, then I went and moved on to Paramount, which I've been at Paramount just over six years now. Ari, when when did you first start to have the dream of like, yeah, I want to I want to be a lawyer, I think if that's what I have to do, and I want to do it in the entertainment industry. When did that when did that dream come about, and why even did that come? Because I've never I never would have ever had the dream. I want to work in the entertainment industry. That just wasn't on my radar. So why? why that well it's funny it's ever since i can kind of remember being a kid uh my dad uh you know would take us to the you know movies every weekend we watch all sorts of old movies watch tv shows i just was really enamored with uh entertainment and even at a young age <laughs> i was a bit pragmatic and practical uh <laughs> in thinking i love all this stuff but i i really don't think i have you know the natural talent to you know, be in front of the camera or, you know, act or to sing a song or any of those things. Uh, but I do, I do like winning an argument. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at the time when I was growing up, my, my goal was to be an agent. Uh, and this was before, you know, the days of entourage that kind of made that more m- mainstream or even a show like Arliss. This was before those things came out mm-hmm. and, you know, put that more into the cultural zeitgeist as, you know, a career that people were aware of, but I was aware of it. I would read, you know, the entertainment section of my local paper, the St. Pete Times. Uh, I'd read, you know, Premier Magazine. I was just, uh, you know, completely interested in all of these things. And when I moved out to work at the agency, my goal had still been to become an agent. And in working at an agency, I began to realize, I think I want to be on the other side of the phone, the person the agent's talking to, I want to be representing the studio. It was, you know, just a feeling having worked for a big international law firm, uh, getting my start out of law school and liking that structure. Whereas the agency and being an agent is, uh, you're a bit more untethered, I would say. And in the end, it was perfect thing for me because I really love being on the studio side and having a small hand when, you know, in a project, coming together and you get to see kind of the fruits of your labor uh, when everything comes together on screen. And I I like being part of a larger team that's all working on the show together. So um, it ended up being the perfect fit for me. And, uh, you know, the agency track, you know, when I was at William Morris, I'd been there for a year when Ari Emanuel's company Endeavor took over William Morris. And there was, uh, you know, a lot, uh, difficulty go, getting through that uh, big merger. And so the agency business, 
you know, and it's continued to shift and change through the years as enter- the entertainment business is constantly in a state of change. Uh, you know, the only constant is change, really. Mm. But for whatever reason, I-, I I felt that my path was more geared towards wanting to be on the studio side, and, and I feel like it's been the perfect fit for me. Yeah. And when when did you graduate law school? I graduated law school in 2006. And so, and when did you move out to LA? I moved out to LA, it must have been uh, the very end of December 2007, January 2008. It was right around then. So why, why did you take the, was it just like, gosh, I got $100,000 in student loan debt and I need to work and I need to do it now? Is that why you took the job in Atlanta or why didn't you just go out there? Cause you always knew you wanted to be in entertainment. Why didn't you just go out there when, as soon as law school was over, like what was that decision-making process like? Well, the, the loan debt from law school is actually $150,000, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, yeah, and 73 cents. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where, um, and when I give advice, when I talk to people, I always tell them, you know, don't, don't do it necessarily the way that I did it. If uh, I had to do over again, I would have started much sooner and started making those connections, building a foundation to work in the industry that I wanted to be in. You know, when I applied to law schools, I was, um, I looked at UCLA, I looked at places that had strong entertainment programs, and I was actually on the wait list at UCLA when I got into Emory. And Emory was a great school. My family wanted me to still be a bit closer living in the South. I had a bunch of friends who were also moving to Atlanta for their careers. And uh, it was a great school. So my thinking was, I'm going to go to Emory. And, you know, when you're in law school, your second summer, you usually summer uh, for a large firm. That's typically what people will do. And the goal then is to do well that summer and be offered a job when you're finished with your third year of law school. So when you graduate and after you take the bar, there's a job waiting for you. And the firm that I went to had a very strong intellectual property uh, division and had some big uh, copyright cases. So there was at least, if not, you know, truly entertainment law, there were aspects of copyright, First Amendment, trademark, things that are really adjacent to entertainment that I thought would give me good experience. And so that was my plan. Uh, The firm, there was a partner in the corporate group who liked me and wanted me for his division. That's what I was told after the fact. So I got the offer, uh, but it was for corporate. And so I actually sat on my offer uh, for a little bit and I I did book a trip to LA uh, that summer. So it must've been the summer of 2005. And uh, was able to meet with a couple entertainment attorneys who were gracious enough to give me some time. And all of them said it uh, would not look bad on my resume ever to have big firm experience. And so that's why I took that opportunity. And beyond that, and in the entertainment world, you don't get, uh, you know, entertainment law especially, you don't get really an opportunity straight out of law school to have a, a real job. Um, certainly not as an executive. So at the time, I wasn't thinking, well, I'll move out here, I'll be an assistant. I I was thinking, how do I start my legal career so it'll put me in the best 
opportunity to transition. But if I'm being honest, I, I didn't have that roadmap all laid out in front of me, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, with no real ties to the business, you know, never having really ever been to L.A., um, it was more of a dream at that point and less, I would say, of a goal. And it, uh, it took me making this radical shift in my life to, you know, give up, uh, you know, leave my job, leave behind my friends and everything, you know, move far away from my family to move to a city to, you know, get someone coffee and answer their phone. Like that to really start to make it the possibility of being reality. When I was in law school, I wasn't, wasn't really as tangible uh, as it could be in terms of what's my plan here. So I always give people advice and try and point them in ways that they could make things a little bit easier on themselves than uh, I had given myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You said in the entertainment industry, the only constant is really change. Um, So kind of piggybacking off what you were just talking about. If um, I'm talking to somebody that's young, that's just out of college that wants to get into, let's say the TV film business is going the route of kind of, finding contacts and maybe starting in the mailroom, is that still kind of the norm? Is that still the advice you might give somebody is go ahead and jump into a William Morris if you can and start there? Certainly. Uh, you know, the big thing is how are you going to get your foot in the door of the business uh, to begin with? So, you know, the agencies still provide such a great track or a great path. You might not necessarily have the opportunity to advance and become an agent, but many of the people who begin there as assistants don't even want to be an agent. They might want to take that opportunity, work on someone's desk for you know two years' time, and then be able to parlay that to move over to a management company where they become an assistant, where there's a room for them to grow to become a coordinator because their ultimate goal is to be a manager mm-hmm. so they can represent clients but then also get a hand in producing. Mm-hmm. Um, same way, like you cut your teeth at an agency – now it opens up doors to maybe become an assistant or a coordinator at a studio. Uh, so really you're looking for the first chance to get your foot in the door. Um, and the agencies are great about, you know, it's hard to get your foot in the door there, but at least there are opportunities because as you can imagine, the assistants who are there are either moving up or moving out or, you know, sometimes being let go and so there is at least openings and there are some, you know, jobs availability. They certainly don't pay very much, uh, but it's at least an opportunity. So I think that's what you have to look to first. But I would say in general, the earlier you can start uh, building the foundation, you know, and if you don't, you know, if you have the chance to go to school in Los Angeles versus somewhere else, then yeah, we, behooves you to, to be in Los Angeles and be close to it because the opportunities are here. Um, but let's say you go to school um, at Marquette, you, you know, you're in Milwaukee. Um, find out like if there's, if you're undergrad, like maybe there's a speakers bureau that brings campus speakers to campus or brings concerts to campus. Um, maybe you can work for that department of the student government, start to meet the people who book those shows. Um, maybe there's a local playhouse, uh, you know, if you're thinking about it from your interest in the legal side, maybe there's a local playhouse 
you know, go by there, see if they need someone to help review contracts. See, just start to meet anyone or, you know, you can that is tied some way to the aspect of entertainment business that you want to be in because it ends up being a very, um, well, it's a very symbiotic business. We're dealing with the same people over and over again, all working kind of together in some ways, even when we're negotiating against each other, we all want a show to be successful, but you're just dealing with, I'm dealing with the same law firms. I'm dealing with the same agencies. I'm dealing with the same studios, a variety of projects day in, day out. So the better, the more chances you get to meet people who might know someone who knows someone, any chance you can get to build that foundation, start to hear about the opportunities that might be available. The sooner you can start doing that, uh, the better, the better you can put yourself on the path towards getting to where you want to go and start to build out your experience. All right. I think, um, I don't know. I think when people hear, um, just a little bit about your story, they'll say, Oh my gosh, he is, they, he's talking to a guy that, um, is living his dream and isn't that lucky. He must have some kind of random connection to LA or some random kind of connection to Warner brothers. Do you have any connections to, um, anyone in the entertainment industry before you moved out there? No, uh, which is kind of wild. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, uh, I actually, because I was able to get the that first informational interview at William Morris, uh, you know, when I booked that one week vacation for my law firm, and it was uh, it happened that my sister had gone to undergrad, and a friend that she went to college with, who I didn't really know, he uh, was working as an assistant at William Morris, so <laughs> he was able to tell HR, "Can you spend fifteen minutes with this guy who's in law school?" And that was. That was the only little bit I got. And actually, when I had my informational interview at CAA, they actually very upfront were asking me in, in the paperwork. I mean, maybe they've changed the paperwork since then. But, you know, the questions were, who do you know in the entertainment business? Who are you related to in the entertainment business? I, I was like, I don't know anyone, uh, which it was just very shocking to me because I was coming from, you know, the big law world where, you know, even the name, you know, the managing partner I remember of my law firm, um, his son wasn't allowed to work at any of the offices of the law firm because they didn't want to, to look like any sort of like, you know, impropriety or anything like that. And then you move over in the entertainment side of things and it's like, well, who do you know? What, what kind of value are you adding here? And I was like, I don't know anybody. I just <laughs> want to talk about the possibility. And obviously that was a long time ago now. So who knows? you know, what their policies are. But I, I always give a lot of credit to William Morris. They, they sat down with me. They gave me the chance to talk to them. And, uh, and then they brought me back day, you know, four, it was there four days in a row. Um, and so it helped me to, that's the thing is you want to just get, as soon as you can start getting in front of people, um, the better, because you can't, it's one of those catch 22s, right? And people will want to work in a certain field. And then until you get that opportunity, the people on the other side who the gatekeepers are going to say, well, I don't, I don't see that on your resume. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't put it on my resume until someone gives me my first opportunity. Mm. So who, what, what's going to move first? Yeah. And that's the big thing. Start getting those opportunities 
And the only way to get those opportunities is start meeting people that may bring you down the line to someone who can help you with one of those opportunities. That's I'm thrilled that you're kind of touching on that because truthfully, Ari, that's that's we were just talking about it before you jumped on, but uh, that's why we're kind of do what we do as a recruiting firm. I mean, it would just thrill us to death that that there's somebody out there that feels a little down and out and nobody's really given them that chance to get that experience that everybody else is telling them they need. If we can be that connector for them, then we're doing exactly what we want to do. So I love that you, you touched on that a little bit. And um, I think folks hearing this, it's unbelievably helpful. This is invaluable. Your story is super, super helpful. And so I'm, I'm very appreciative, man. This is awesome. Matthew, do you have anything else? Of course. Yeah, so um, as the, what is your title, Director of Business Affairs? At, at, yeah, well, well, the what's title, your title uh, again? Uh, senior, senior Vice President of Business Affairs. But yeah. I am a Senior Vice President. Uh, it's a title. It's not, um, I'm not the only one. Actually, I think right. now I might be the only one in my division. But the way that the divisions and business affairs get set up, it's not necessarily um, you know, a kind of pyramid. There could be uh, multiple SVPs in a department, and certainly our department has at times had multiple SVPs. At the time right now, I think I am the only SVP, and then the position ahead of me would be our head of business affairs. Um, so I'm thinking it just depends. Yeah, and so you've like achieved um, the title that maybe some people are looking for, but like what what is on your radar as, as you think about the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years like, that you want to achieve? And maybe not in, in your work life, but um, what's kind of some goals you're looking towards as you look to the future? Because you've already, you've already, it's like you're almost those astronauts. They've, they walk on the moon and then they get back to Earth and they've been like, okay, so now what do I do? Like. Do I get oh, I, to go to work out today? <laughs> so, like, talk about that in your life. Like, what what's what's next on the horizon for you? Yeah. Well, I, I can promise you, it definitely doesn't feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> my my goal is, uh, you know, the the deals keep coming and uh, the work keeps flowing, and so every day it's like, how am I going to close this deal? How am I going to navigate this? I'm in the middle today. Like, uh, we got an actor deal. I'm trying to close where you know, we have a certain amount of budget and we can't move off it. And they just came back with a counter that's way above our budget. And I'm strategizing with the producers about how we're going to maybe back channel uh, with the, you know, the talent, or can we talk to, you know, maybe we'll talk to the manager first. Oh, I know the lawyer. Let me discuss with him. Can we talk to the network about it? So all day, those are things I'm thinking about. I would say, you know, on the horizon, uh, you know, uh, personally, like, uh, you know, want to, you know, start a family. i uh, got a, a serious girlfriend. So <laughs> we're seeing how that uh, goes, but things are going really well. And then, you know, it's uh, in its nascent stages, but randomly during the pandemic, uh, I came up with a, um, a new way to build, you know, those plastic uh, planters when you buy a plant from like Home, or Lowe's or Home Depot or Lowe's. So I'm actually working on designing it. I think it will be very positive for consumer experience and also 
um, much more environmentally friendly. So maybe, you know, maybe one day I'll just be, you know, running some sort of uh, gardening empire. I have yeah. no idea, but John that's Shark what Tank. I'm working on. I, I, it's one of those things you go in Shark Tank, like, you know, it was the pandemic. I was buying lots of plants because I had nothing else to do. And I thought there has to be a better way. And, um, you know, and now I'm pitching to Mr. Wonderful. You know, that's that. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Isn't that how great ideas start some yeah, of the time? It's like, right. I wonder what somebody could do this different. Yeah, I wonder that's right. how it would be if somebody did it this way. So Ari's you might be exactly. on something. It's going to shake up the home potting industry. Yes. yes. I, I guarantee you weren't expecting that answer. So that's at great. least uh, I, I tripped you up there a little bit. I Ari... Ari could probably write. Don't you ought to go to a movie with Ari and just the guys, Carl, Will, and and just sit with them for five minutes after the movie and their knowledge of storytelling. It's amazing. They'll point out things in film that I'm like, okay. No, I thought you were going to say go to the movie with them well, you, yeah. and have them ruin the movie for you. <laughs> I was <laughs> saying, no, absolutely not. It, I know. So Ari, he, he, he should write too. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I will say I have a good friend who she... She won't go to the movies with me anymore. Her husband gets uh, a laugh out of it. We we all went as a big group to see uh, when Wonder Woman came out, like opening night. Uh, not the not the sequel, the original. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, spoiler alert: if no, if no one has seen the movie. <laughs> but uh, early on in the movie, you know, they're trying to uh, make you think that one of you know the one guy is the bad guy, and it's like you know they're trying to lay it on pretty thick. And she and I turned to her. I'm like, no, no, no. David Thewlis is the bad guy because he's too big of an actor to be in such a small role. He's clearly going to end up being the bad guy. And of course, that's that's what it ended up happening. And to this day, she's like, you spoiled the movie. You ruined it. I'm like, I didn't know. I've just seen a lot of movies. But I didn't know that he was the bad guy. I just guessed. It was an, an educated guess. guess. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. But yeah, she, she won't let me go see movies with her anymore. That's my hard boundary. Yeah. Exactly. Well, man, um, I, I think that'll do it. But I, seriously, this I I told you before coming on, but yeah, your, your story's great. And I, I truly think it can help people, um, especially, and I, I think I mentioned this too, but there's so many people that we've talked to and candidates we've talked to in the last 18 months that are even switching careers right now. So people are just kind of looking for any little like source of hope for what's next. And um, yeah, so your, your story spot on as far as in, in, inspiring folks um, that are kind of navigating their career path right now. Well, yeah, happy, uh, happy to make time and to help any way I can. I think, um, you know, it's uh, it's a bit daunting, uh, especially if you're going to, you know, shift careers, but I will say that it's uh, it's very rewarding to obviously to have it work out but i think for certain people i know i'm one of them you know you i personally regardless of how it all worked out i had to try and if it hadn't come together then you know it would have been disappointing but at least i would have looked back and said well look i i worked as hard as i could i i you know scrounged and saved i moved back in with roommates i I tried the best I could and it just didn't happen. Mm. And I think personally I could have lived with that. Mm. So I think people are, you know, trying to make their way to the career that they want to have. Um, I think 
it's obviously incredibly rewarding for it to all work out. But even if unfortunately, you know, it doesn't all come together, you know, I know for myself, it was important to at least try and know that I had um, put myself out there and, you know, gave myself the best chance that I could to, to get to where I wanted to go. Yeah, couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. It's like, um, give it your best shot. And then the rest take care of itself. And if it doesn't, you can still sleep at night knowing you tried. I love that, man. You're so right. Um, well, I think, Matthew, if that's it, I think we'll go ahead and wrap. But, man, appreciate you, man. This was awesome. Of course. And, Mason, uh, you know, next time you're out here in L.A., you, we, we miss you on the basketball court. So yeah, make, right. sure you, make sure that jumper isn't too rusty. Yeah, we didn't even get to touch on uh, our one-two punch we had, man. That'll be another podcast. It's a good back for it. <laughs> His <laughs> left knees looks like it got yeah, it dude. took a trip on the pavement yeah, or something. I'm He's struggling. playing football apparently. I'm like, struggling right now, dude. Tell your wife Kylie not to, you know, uh, be beating yeah, you up like it's the house. It <laughs> That's what it is. I looked at her wrong. That's what it is. <laughs> You better take out the trash, Mason. That's you don't right. want to incur her wrath. You don't know how true that statement you just said is right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Man, we appreciate you, bro. Thanks so much, Ari. Thanks. Ari. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, guys. <laughs>